the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Great deadline day. Come Ooh. and gone already. And you know what? A lot more moves than I kind of probably would have expected. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's always that way. It's always that way. Like GMs, uh, they build up all this energy in their thumbs and they have to get rid of it somehow. And so you got to like... I don't know, acquire Madison Bowie or something like that. Like you just, <laughs> it just got to do like little moves. Stefan uh, Nosen, we need him. Yeah, and the sun and the moon for uh, Matthias Janmark. And hey, how about that Mantha deal saving the deadline? That was a pretty big one. And uh, how about them Sabres, folks? Well, and that's what we're going to start with. So today's show is going to be a little bit special because we've got to be a bit shorter. No press conference, no who wore the crown. Let's just jump right into it. The Buffalo Sabres sell Taylor Hall 24 hours before they have to. And the return is underwhelming. And I don't think... Um, I don't think enough attention is being given to poor Anders Bork, who is now stuck on the Buffalo Sabres because they needed somebody who could, you know, dress. Um, Eric Stahl didn't get them any players, so they're even thinner up front. And now you've got a guy who can come in. And maybe it's a great opportunity for him. But if Taylor Hall so. can't score in Buffalo, how's Anders Bork going to do? I, well, I tell you what, at least the Sabres sort of listened to me. I, I was telling them to buy, um, but they did address uh, something I was saying. Iggy's right here, and he, I'm trying to, like, maneuver the mouse, and he's pawing. He's, like, nosing my hand up for pets. Um, they, they need actual human beings uh, on their team. So here he is, Anders Bjork. He signed for this year and the next two. Um, could they flip him? I don't know. You figure they would have. And this is the thing. What is the point of trading Taylor Hall at midnight only to do nothing on actual deadline day? Who did they have to sell though today? Like, what were they going to do? Who cares? Like the Sens, for example, got a, uh, I think it was a 2022 or 2023 seventh rounder for Braden Coburn. For the love of God, it's something, anything. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't have got that for Colin Miller. You couldn't have got that for any of their other uh, UFAs that they have. They, Colin they Miller is not best. a UFA, by the way. Colin Miller's not. No, he has. Oh no, 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 he's got a year left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The You're only right, UFA they, Montour. the only they UFAs know. they have are Tobias Reader, uh, Riley Sheehan, and Matt Irwin. You can trick someone into getting Riley so. Sheehan. He's been around. He's been on all sorts of teams, and he's the center. Hey, Iggy, how you doing? Ultimate trade deadline pickup, Riley Sheehan. But he makes like seven hundred grand. He's not really doing anything this season. I assume there's no market for the players they had. Yeah, I friggin' I guess not. So they, uh, uh, I I just did a video on this for Sportsnet. So if 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 I'm not mistaken, going back to March 20th, they traded Jonas Johansson, Eric Stahl, Brandon Montour, Taylor Hall, and Curtis Lazar. Mm-hmm. In return, they got a sixth, a fifth, two thirds, a second, and Anders Bjork, who is 24 and has two goals this season, matching Taylor Hall. I, I beat you to it there, folks. Um, my God, my God, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough, man. And there were picks out there. There were obviously picks out there. They were available. Um, how many first rounders moved over the last 24 hours? Five? Yeah, something I think so. like that. Oh, oh my God. So, uh, to answer your question, Steve, there were four trades so far uh, that involved a first round pick since April 7th. So, okay. Yeah. So I was just about right. Yeah. And Taylor Hall didn't get one of them. Now, the Blue Jackets got two of them. 
somehow. Sorry <laughs> if you hear that crinkling in the background. Iggy's playing with a toy. Um, the Blue Jackets got two of them. Uh, one was for Nick Foligno. Uh, the other was for David Savard. And Felino had a no-trade clause as well as Taylor Hall. And I can only assume what happened to the Sabres is sort of what happened to the Flames when they were trying to trade Jerome McGinley. He had a very short list of teams that he wanted to go to. They had a deal worked out with Boston, and he was basically traded to the Bruins. You'll remember Aaron Ward, uh, when he was you know, a more prominent insider, broke the trade and Bruins fans got excited and Flames fans were like, ah, it's not a bad return. And then he said, no, nah, never mind. I don't want to go to Boston. And he went to Pittsburgh uh, in a completely different deal. And then the Penguins ended up getting swept by Boston in the conference final, hilariously enough. But the return wasn't great for Aginla, and that's because he didn't really give the Flames very many options. It sounded an awful lot like Taylor Hall wanted to be a Bruin. And some people dug up a, a clip from a few years ago where he was talking about wanting to go to the Bruins and, you know, Bobby Orr was his agent talking about uh, the fate of going to the Oilers in 2010 first overall in instead of Tyler Sagan. And could he have won a cup, um, you know, instead in, in 2011, it sounds like he really wanted to go to Boston. Um, and there's only one team in Boston. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's only one team called <laughs> the Bruins and he wanted to go there. Uh, so I think Kevin Adams hands were tied if that's the best you can do though kevin adams screwed up by giving taylor hall a no move clause absolutely like absolutely. That's, that's the first mistake you go back to when you signed that deal and that should have never been handed out to a guy who couldn't get a contract from anybody else no and taylor hall had no leverage this is the thing right. what, what do you go to buffalo for to win a cup he didn't go to buffalo to win a damn cup he went to buffalo because he screwed up and had no other uh recourse basically he had no he had no other place to go basically there was the, there was the rumor that he was supposed to go to Nashville for a few years and ask for too much and screwed that up i would love to know what would happen if the buffalo sabers simply said no <laughs> and and if you didn't end up getting him then then you have 8 million bucks to do other stuff with they basically paid like what six and a half, seven million dollars for, for a second a round pick second round pick yep Yep. And a guy who makes twice as much as Curtis Lazar. Um, holy smokes. And again, Kevin Adams is getting the lion's share of the criticism here. Uh, he's a rookie general manager with no support and he's getting draft picks. What's he supposed to do with them? They have no scouts. I guess they have a really fancy dartboard. Iggy, buddy, you are killing me. <laughs> He's rubbing mm -hmm. his face on the carpet. Um, I don't know what the Buffalo Sabres... Uh, I don't know what the plan is going forward. Right. right. Seriously, what's the plan going forward? Well, I think, I, think what, uh, I think what happened last summer was they had the chance to sign Taylor Hall and Kevin Adams, rookie GM, had the chance to look good. And, and he, so at that point, you give... You give Taylor Hall, the no move clause, because you go, fuck it. At least we got him. And I look good for now. And sometimes being an NHL general manager is just looking good in the moment and hoping it all works out. Really? And now it comes back and it bites them in the ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could argue that you used to, I mean, it's more assets than maybe they would have had, I guess. But I think you could have weaponized $8 million in cap space a lot more effectively, not spending it on Taylor Hall, given what we know now. Yep. Well, and... And and going into the trade deadline, the fact that 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 a that Felino was worth more than Hall 
is the fact that Savard is worth more than Hall. That's crazy. You know, that's that's a this is a from what we've been told an illegitimate NHL superstar. And what I wanted to ask was with Taylor Hall, it seems like there might be some doubt around the league about how elite this guy is anymore. Well, and for God's sake, okay, so Ryan O'Reilly talking about um, you know, I lost my love for the game, basically. In Buffalo, and then he goes to the St. Louis Blues, wins the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup. Brandon Montour, I don't know if you read his quotes uh, on his way out, uh, talked about basically being miserable. And Taylor Hall, like, oh, I'm not a very confident player right now. I, I don't know how to spell it out any more plainly to the Pagula family. You are wasting your money. You're wasting your money. You're literally burning millions of dollars by not listening to people the culture around your team is friggin' horrendous and you just spent seven million bucks on what two goals in a second rounder get a clue support your guys kevin adams is your guy great seems like a wonderful person <laughs> support him surround him with people how many scouts could you have employed with that seven million bucks that you lit on fire all of them. Lit on fire. All of them. Right. Lit Those on seven fire. Seven scouts would not have cost you a million dollars. No. And just to your point, Adam, about the weaponizing that $8 million in a different way, think about all the guys when we reached training camp, they were still unsigned and then yeah. got signed for like no money to a bunch of different teams. Like yep. the Buffalo Sabres could have been in on all those guys just by using that money differently. And instead they went out and they signed a guy to a big contract when literally no one was doing that because we're in a pandemic and the contracts weren't being handed out like that. But the Sabres decided, hey, let's just go do it anyways. And how about the leverage that Linus Olmark has right now? Oh, oh yeah. man. You didn't trade me Anima <laughs> UFA. I'm basically the only thing you got going right now. Yep. Yeah, you're paying me. Yep. You're, you're paying. Yeah. Whatever number we were talking about. Uh, sorry, I misspoke. The number's up. Is it? Were we talking four? It's five. Were we talking five? It's six. It's going up. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a, what, a, what a mess. What a mess. Yeah. I, I, holy smoke. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You didn't claim Mete. No one plays for you. Yeah, that Vatanen and Mete making it through Buffalo is shocking. Like, <laughs> you could have, I mean, I, it was a smart move by the GMs that did it to put them in on trade deadline day. Because that, you know, it totally messes with you. Although, you, you, I wouldn't have thought either of them would have been claimed just because everybody else would have been too busy looking the other way. But great pickups by Dallas and Ottawa there. We'll get to that in a second. I want to... I want to frame this Buffalo situation, though, as in where does where's it look now and going forward? We knew how it looked when Kevin Adams um, when Kevin Adams signed Taylor Hall. At very least, uh, you get a first-round pick. So you didn't get your first-round pick. Now, what do you do? Guess. Continue to guess. Make shit up. <laughs> At, what are they supposed to do? What are they supposed to do? No one wants to go there. Who on God's green earth? We're about to test my theory, by the way, about if you go to Buffalo and you have success, you can go out and get paid. If you go there and you stink, you're out of the league. Uh, Bjork's got two years left on his deal. Uh, we're about to see what he can do um, with that added role he obviously didn't have nearly but, as big a role in boston and maybe his motivation is if i play really well somebody's going to want me as a rental plus they'll one trade me. <laughs> yeah. like like again like if i play well they'll trade me all roads lead out of buffalo 
and towards losing. You know what I mean? The, <laughs> I, I, uh, Sabres fans, I'm so sorry. Like I'm really, I, you know, I always try to find the silver lining. Um, the, the Canucks a couple of years ago were getting just killed for their lack of foresight with their moves, their trades, their signings. And I said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, look at, look at them on paper though. Yeah. Going forward, they're going to have some problems, but you can always make moves to free up cap space. Look at them on paper. They're better now. And then they went into the playoffs and they had some success. Yeah. A little bit of an asterisk behind it because of the bubble and the format to get into the bubble. Whatever. I, don't get, I don't believe that you, you play the hands you're dealt with the, with the planet earth and it's, nobody. Yes. Yeah. So if it's an asterisk, if it's an asterisk for all teams that made it into the bubble, then it's not an asterisk. It's it's everybody was going through it at the same time. And, right. and when I came for the avalanche, when they had, I think it was 47 points avalanche fans were like, listen, I know they suck but they have this guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, this guy's coming up. That guy's coming up in Joe. We trust like they, they, they went at me. Avalanche mm-hmm. fans, Sabres fans. They're miserable. Why should they be happy? Well, and, and exactly. And, and there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, um, light at the end of the tunnel. I'm, I am not surprised that Taylor Hall, by the way, ended up at Boston Bruin. They always make a move at the trade deadline. They always seem to go out and get the guy and they did it. They did it again. Yeah. Oh, maybe the Leafs will get Rick Nash. Oh, Bruins. Cool. Yeah. Oh, maybe the Leafs will get Taylor Hall. Oh, he's Bruin. All Bruin. right, cool. Yeah. And, you know, you, everyone think he's going to shoot 2.3% with playoff Krejci, who's a maniac, and Craig Smith? No. Guys, Taylor Hall is about to have a very good time. Oh, I bet he's excited. Oh, my God. How could you not be? This is easily the best team he's ever been on, too. We're talking about the Oilers. We're talking about the post-good Devils. We're talking about the Coyotes and the Sabres. Now he's on the Bruins, who haven't been bad since... When was the last time the Bruins were bad? It's been a long time. It's been a very long time since the Boston Bruins were bad. Yeah. It's been well over a decade. Yep. And good for Taylor Hall getting to be a second-line player. You know, like I think the last couple seasons have been a little bit, a lot of pressure on Taylor Hall. It'll yeah. be, it'll be good for him to take a step back. And you already got like four guys there ahead of you on the lineup. You'll slot in at number five or six and that'll be good for him. Yeah. What do you and give? If he is bad, then I don't know. Maybe he does stink. What do you <laughs> exactly. give the Bruins in a grade like A, B, C, D, E, I guess, or F? Um, what do you give? What do you give the Bruins on that deal? B for bully. <laughs> what do you give the Buffalo Sabres? Uh, what Dom LeCision said, F minus. Trash. F minus. Trash. Okay. All right. Um, now, moving on to the Leafs here. Uh, Leafs get Nick Foligno, uh, Hutton, Riley Nash, Big Save Dave, uh, that's Dave Riddick, and uh, Stefan Nosen. Now, and and uh, and obviously, Barabanov was traded as well for Somalia. Or is it Somalia? Somalia. Okay. Um, tell me about your thoughts initially on the Felino trade. We'll start there. I mean, the Riley Nash one seemed, it was like, oh, that's nice, I guess. It, it seems like he's not going to be back to the playoffs anyway. Right. So I don't know why people keep, I saw several lineup cards with him in it as the third line center. I'm like, we don't know if this guy's playing. This seemed more like a salary cap move. And frankly, uh, even Tyler, or even Kyle Dubas going, yeah, you know, Riley Nash, valuable player. Yeah, sure. If he's not hurt. But if we're not going to see him till the playoffs, how much are we really going to see? It's him? a conditional seventh round pick. The you literally not can't trade less for a player. He's not like, playing. That's, that's not, not going to play. You'll play, I think. The rare future considerations. Um, um, Nick Fel- Nick Foligno, though. 
I mean, the, the, the return, we know, do we know what Nick Foligno is? And are we comfortable with what we paid for him? We know exactly what Nick Foligno is. And this is what I said in the video yesterday. And this is a good thing. It's good to know exactly who you're getting, right? So he scored over 30 goals once. He scored 26 another time. That's not who he is. Uh, he's a guy who scores about 15 goals a season, gets somewhere between 30 and 35 points. That's what he's done. Uh, it's what he's on pace to do this season. Um, it's what he d- has done. I think the last three before it, two or three before it, that's what he is. Uh, he's a guy with extremely big eyes, like a marsupial. He's scary. Um, he will hit, you, you know, those things, the, I, I, I forget what they are. They look like a koala, but like on drugs. Anyway, uh, he can hit you. Uh, he can yeah. punch. Um, they have I, at least three guys who have been a captain in the NHL. What are you all distracted I, I by know, my zoo comments? I know what it is. I know what it is, Kala, but also he gross. can hit you and he can punch. I'm glad that made it into the No, he can hit you like a check, like a body check. <laughs> yeah. And he can punch you like a punch. Sorry that I didn't distinguish physical no, I'm things. Just, I'm just glad that made it. Yeah, it's in there. I know. I'm really good with words, guys. Holy shit. I've said a lot of them over the last 24 hours. I bet. And I'm going to make a video after this. Um, It's, boy, that's a lot of money. Um, But I guess that's what it was going to take to to get this done. And they really needed Dave Riddick. Um, And if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's not where we're going. We're to Lino. No, no, no. I know. I know. No, no, I know. But they, they needed Dave Riddick, which is why. Before getting Dave Riddick, they got double retention on Nick Felino, right? They got uh, the double re- double retain the lane that you're going in right now. Whoa, Sorry. you see, because yeah. that that made sense. Like, <laughs> that, um, basically, the Leafs are only paying 25 percent of Felino's remaining salary. Right, but there's they essentially have them for and, free. Yeah, right. it's it's. It, the, listen, sorry, go ahead, Jesse. Go no, ahead. and the money, like any cap situation, any dollar amount doesn't matter to the Leafs. It just matters in terms of squeezing squeezing it under the cap. Like all these other teams, they're actually trying to save budgets and crunch numbers. But the Leafs can just pay these guys if there's if it's under the cap. It doesn't matter. It's it's one of the rare times where the old school Leaf fan agrees with the new school Leaf fan. There seemed to be a lot of people that were super excited about this, and I was, um, I have to be honest with you, when I first heard the trade, I wasn't that excited about it. I don't see how this, I don't see how this is a fit. Um, I'm still skeptical. And it's not because Nick Foligno is not a valuable hockey player. My thing is, don't we have that already? So they don't need to go out and get goal scoring or even no, playmaking. No, right? I, and I, so, I said that. I don't think they do either. Mm-hmm. They're getting, uh, let's, let's go with an elite complimentary player if that makes any sense. He can kill penalties. He can work the power play. Um, he can beat the shit out of you. Uh, he has some offensive prowess, but this is the Leafs supporting their stars, not going out and getting new ones. They have Austin Matthews. They have Mitch Marner. They have John Tavares. They have William Nylander. Um, Zach Hyman is an extraordinary player. Like, like you, you go down the list. They're juiced up front. They're juiced. They have the skill to score goals. And this year, what they've gained is the room to score goals. And what Nick Foligno sort of allows them to do is there's really no break. Uh, Riley's not afraid. Muzzin's an awful time. Bogosian's an awful time. Simmons is an awful time. Thornton is a sneaky, awful time. Hyman is a not-so-sneaky, awful time. Foligno is an awful time. There's no rest there's this waves it's waves of every shift someone can beat the shit out of you every shift someone can score on you every shift someone can dangle you every shift is exhausting for the competition 
waves against the shore and they'll erode you. I, I actually think it's a perfect fit for this team. Interesting. Well, I was talking to Mike Stevens about it last night too, because I thought, man, that's a lot for Nick Foligno. Uh, but he did say, remember too, that they picked up the captain of the team that beat him last year. <laughs> yeah, like who? That's a big deal. That's a that's a big ballsy, you know, BDE move, right? It's sort of it's. it's that's I was like, disappointed that's... they didn't get Bergeron. <laughs> was, I, I thought they had the room to do it. I really did. <laughs> but uh, you know, ah, Kesara. My favorite thing about the Felino trade is that it didn't cost them anything off the roster. Mm-hmm. It was just a so couple. Of, it was literally three draft picks, and that's nothing it. did. And yeah, nothing really did. They made four trades, not a single guy off the roster. Unless you count Barabanov, but which I don't. <laughs> there you go. But like acquiring Felino, it feels like to me a free guy because that first round pick that shouldn't be anything this year. I don't. I don't know who that guy is going to be, and that player who they would have picked wouldn't be relevant in this window that the Leafs are trying to win. So if you can just take three pieces that shouldn't matter in this gap where you're trying to actually go for it and then just pick up free dude, I'll take that any day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I think that's, I think part of it too, when I, when I reacted to it and I left the tweet up because I thought, you know, I got to own this. Um, I think part of the reaction too, is that you're, you get when you're in, when you're a Leaf fan, you're so used to for so long, these picks were traded away, frittered away for nothing, right? And then we got into the stage where it was like, build, 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 accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. And then for a couple of years there, it was like, well, okay, we're going to trade a second round pick for Thomas Placanitz and that's going to bite us. Or, or Brian Boyle and that's going to bite us, which it sort of did. Um, both players were as effective as I think you could expect, but they were both out of the league within like a year, right? They weren't like, around for long and you kind of go fuck like like damn it like what we could have done with that we only made it to the first round but you're right in the sense that it cost them nothing off the roster i think it's just for me you know you see first round pick dealt you you hope and expect a star coming Mm -hmm. back the other way but i think i think once i get past that and the fact that we don't know what the draft is it's sort of a dummy draft this year we really have no idea what that's going to look like the leafs had a great draft last year uh you can't you can't not love some of the picks that they made in the third and fourth rounds as well. Like who's the, who's the, uh, who's the Finnish defenseman that just won defenseman of the year or defenseman. Yeah. Like there was a guy that they sort of like, yoink, here we go. They picked 12 guys last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've a got, lot of dudes. they've got a the prospect capital. Kyle Dubas talked about it. Listen, I, it's not, they got I Hollander suppose I was expecting and I had been led to expect because you know, that's, until Galch arrived, and this is a really important point, and I do want to get to this. Until Galch arrived, you were expecting a top six forward. That's what they were said to be targeting. But Galch has given them the opportunity not to have to do that. And I do want to talk about that because is there a chance that Lilligren, Sandine, or Robertson are still on this team if Galch hasn't emerged the way he emerged? Right. Like, as in, one of those guys is probably gone, right? Oh, if you're going after know. a top six, no, I don't so think who, so. They did say top prospects were on the table. They did, but who who out there got that haul? Nobody, like, nobody. Yeah. The only what guy, would have warranted giving up Robertson? You I, know? Yeah, like I wonder. I wonder what could have had. Like I wonder if there was a, a, a name that we really hadn't even heard of. Could be Mantha is the only guy who really fetched that, or mm. you know what? You know what if the Leafs talk to the Capitals about Jake Vrana? Um, Paul Neri and Zajac, but even that was like principal picks. 
Mm-hmm. No one gave a shit about trading picks and they shouldn't give a shit about trading picks mm-hmm. uh, this year. And like, I look at the prospect pool and the work they did um, in October, drafting 12 guys mm-hmm. and you know what they did with the cap and deal. Um, you don't underrate a deal. I was talking to someone about today. Uh, Andreas Janssen for Joey Anderson. Joey Anderson's played one game for this team. Uh, Janssen's got 10 points in 40 games. That's they freed- huge salary. It's the money. Oh, it's the money. No retention. <gasps> like the, the work they did this offseason and how they've performed on the ice. I'm like, I, I literally don't care if you pick in this draft. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it pick. doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Now, tell me about Hutton. What do you guys think? Uh, obviously a depth piece, but where does he slot in? And is this a guy that he's a left-handed shot D, is he not? Yeah. Is he the guy who a few years ago we were confusing him with Matt Benning? Yes. <laughs> we had that really confusing conversation, and to this day, I'm I'm not actually yeah. totally sure who we were talking about. And just but, on uh, just on the picks for a moment, like I feel like the three of us in our veins, we still have the Kessel two first round picks trade. You know, Brian Burke mm-hmm. going out and getting Kessel, and that's screwing us over for 2010 and 2011. So whenever we see those things, I feel like as Leafs fans, we're like, no, not yeah. this again. And also. Uh, by the way, we're still paying the retention on Kessel's salary through next season. So, like, Ugh, this done. isn't this isn't that. That's that's why I'm kind of I'm happy I'm jacked about it because it's not these terrible deals where we're going to get screwed in the future. Well, and you're and you're absolutely right. And and I think it was James uh, James Myrtle that put together a piece for the Athletic this week that was the the deals every deal in the Shanahan era. Oh, oh my God! Every single one, every trade. They look different now, don't they? They certainly do. And it talks about what were slam dunks and what were seen as slam dunks at the time, which are no longer or, you know, things, things like that. It's a very fascinating read, but that's one of them where it's like, you know, it's an okay deal, the Kessel deal, but how did you retain one point, whatever, 1.2 till for, for like seven years. Why did you do that? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I was I was surprised with the Kings deal, them retaining half on Carter because that's next season too. That's a yeah. lot of money. It's 2.6. It's over two point six. I wouldn't, and I, I would expect that maybe Ifalo also eats up any money that they would have saved on Carter. But I think that the uh, the Kings, it, it seems like they've got something good going, and it's just one more year, and they're not expecting to win next year anyway. So it's sort of like, you know what, whatever. Let's try to get something for Jeff Carter. Which honestly, with the money he was getting paid, I don't think they would have got it any other way. Right? Yeah. It's assets lot, for something. A lot right. of bubble teams decided to kind of hold, <laughs> and then the Preds even bought. It. Well, and that's who could have called that. <laughs> that's what I would like to talk about. Yeah. So, well, well, here, uh, sorry to, to totally, answer your question yeah. about Hutton because you, you did ask about Hutton, and I don't I think did. I and that's where yeah, I'm going back to. Yeah. I'm going back to. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Well, then. Yeah. Well, case. I I, I do want to. What I was going to say is I do want to talk about Nashville, but I want to talk about Hutton first. Where okay. does he fit in? Does this push Dermot out of the lineup? Uh, I think you put him in the lineup to see what he's got. Um, I am a bit confused though because it really seemed like they were going to go with Sandine. Um, but maybe it's just even more assurance. You can't just have one extra guy. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. And Sandine is their best left-handed defender who's not in the lineup right now. Mm. And, you know, I, it's no disrespect to the guy, but, like, let's say you need two. I mean, I think the drop-off to Callie Rosen's pretty harsh. Like, I don't mind the guy, and he performed well during the Calder Cup run that they had in 2018 it's dude it's not the same it's not the same and if they lose uh one of riley dermot or muzzin um i gotta trust you um and i'm not i'm not sure i do now you got the kind of depth like look look what the hell happened to pittsburgh 
in I can't remember if it was 2016 or 17 when they basically had Ron Hainsey and a bunch of paper clips on their back end and and somehow ended up winning uh, the Stanley Cup or the the Canucks using 13 defensemen to go to the uh, Stanley Cup final in 2011. The Leafs cannot afford to go 13 defensemen deep. No. I don't know if there's a ton of teams that can, but Hutton is a big body. Uh, he's got some experience. Kevin Bieksa uh, seemed to really like him on the broadcast. That he's a They're really friends, positive though. guy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like, <laughs> he's going to say some it's positive true. stuff. <laughs> it's true, but he didn't have to say something like he's never had a bad day in his life. You know what I mean? He didn't have to yeah. say something like that. So he's like another another great glue guy in the room too, right? Yeah. It's like I like to think about Pokemon cards, and you know how you can get the booster cards that add to your attributes? Good attitude, plus five. There you go. Y- you know what I mean? I feel like everyone in this team is plus five this year. They're just well, up. And Kyle Dubas did say this is the closest knit group he's ever seen with the Leafs. Oh, my God. He's, he they look like they're having a good time. Yeah, Marner with that, like on the tying goal against the Sens. They just love scoring goals. Mm-hmm. They, they're they just having fun. And they wanted to do it for Jack, much. who you got to love, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, adding a, uh, a guy who's probably going to be a good player for you um, and also has a good attitude. And it, it was funny watching um, some of the charts that were getting uploaded today because Ben Hutton's chart this year is terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And his chart the year before was good. And the problem with these charts is they, they tell you how their season's going and how last season went, but no hockey player forgets how to play hockey overnight or remembers how to play hockey overnight. So I think the truth with Ben Hutton is somewhere in the middle. And I he feel was like playing for a pretty bad Anaheim team too. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the Canucks weren't awesome. Awesome. Erno, was he with the Kings? He went from the Canucks to the Kings. Yeah, I think Canucks, he sort of pinged around a bit. 15 through 19, uh, Kings 1920, Ducks 2021. Right. right. Okay. So, uh, and am I wrong in saying uh, the Leafs, the way they've played this year, I would expect any player they acquire to play above their weight? Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know what I mean? I, I expect Riddick to be better on the Leafs than the Flames. I expect Felino to be better on the Leafs than the Blue Jackets. I expect Swamella to be better on the Leafs than he was with the yeah. Sharks. Well, and you're, join, you're the joining a top five team with some legit superstars. So you should play yeah. better. If you don't play better, then that's a failure that's on, you. on your skill. Yeah. yeah. And and I like I expect Yanmark, who's been terrible, to have a much better time on the Golden Knights and Soderberg to have a better time on Colorado. Um if you're on a good team and you're good, it'll show. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, let's. that brings us to another guy fighting for a contract next year. Big save, Dave. Uh, we did say the Leafs need to go out and get a goalie. Yeah. Great pickups. pickups. I mean, they, they, honestly, you added to your forward, your D, and your goaltending without having to give up a, a single roster player. That is impressive. Blow big your save. nose with a third-round pick. Yeah, Blow it. So <laughs> big cares? save, Dave, uh, comes over for the third-round pick. Um, what does he bring... Uh, and what do you think this means for Freddie Anderson? Some goddamn saves. <laughs> he, can, he can actually make saves. He's a 904 this year, which is not great. Um, it's not but, bad considering some of the star star goalies not performing this year. Yeah, like I, I had some people go, well, look at Hutch's numbers and look at uh, Riddick's, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I don't want to say watch the games, <laughs> right? But I'm verging right. on it. I'm getting <laughs> yeah. there. I'm getting very close to saying watch the games, guys. Um, and listen, he's given up some stinkers. I put him on Steve's dang it's a few times. He headbutted the wall. Did you guys see that? No. 
he got pulled and he went down the tunnel, but he didn't quite go far enough to escape the camera's view. And he friggin' headbutted the wall in the tunnel. Wow. Intense guy. Yeah. Very intense guy. But um, it's been brought up. Uh, not only does he, uh, you know, give you some insurance going forward, um, but he could potentially resign with the Leafs and stick around. Mm-hmm. And then you could have a pretty affordable tandem of Jack Campbell and Dave Riddick that I think could actually be pretty good. Well, and, and I was I was thinking that because, listen, you don't go and get a goalie unless you really think like Freddie's Freddie's not playing again in the regular season, guys. Not happening. I'm very confused. Very confused about all that. And I wonder if Freddie's playing at all. Um, and I wonder at this point, Freddie's been out this long. Can you play him? I just want to Can know. you play him in the playoffs? Like if Freddie doesn't play a regular season game, can you play Freddie Anderson in the playoffs? Because I just want to you, know if he unless, doesn't unless play, why are they lying? Situation. Well, because right. they don't want to tell, they don't want to tip their hands. I guess. But no, would you would. not, if Freddie wasn't going to play, would you not have put him on IR like weeks ago? Or like LTI. I think you can recti- retroactively. So that's up yeah. to Brandon Pridham. It's just, yeah, it, this sure. is it's such if this is the end of Freddie Anderson's career with the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's such an odd end. It you is. know, it just yeah. it's kind of going out with like a little limper, a whimper, and just kind of this weird injury, and he didn't play well, and then that's it. That's we'll never see Freddie Anderson on the ice for Leafs ever again. I don't think that's how it's going to go down. <laughs> you know, but that I don't know. That's because I could definitely see this playing out this way. I I could too. Anthony Petrelli made a really good point. So the Leafs have, I think it's 16 games left. And like, what's Riddick going to play? Like three? Yeah. Or, you know, maybe more than that. Five, six. And you're giving up a third rounder for that. It's not just that. It's peace of mind. I'm willing to bet the Calgary, uh, not the Calgary Flames, the Colorado Avalanche wish they gave up more than Callie Rosen at last year's deadline to shore up uh, their goaltending. Because Callie Rosen is how... Uh, they gave Callie Rosen back to the Leafs because he was involved in the Cadre trade, and that's how they got Michael Hutchinson from the Leafs. And all of a sudden, it's game seven, you're against Dallas, and it's Hutch, who won two of three, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. okay in that series. Yeah. I mean, okay <laughs> is about as generous as, as I would put it there, Jesse. Okay. I said yeah. okay yeah. for a reason. Okay. And the Leafs bring him back as the fourth goalie, and he's in. Now he's the third goalie. And I listen, he's going to see action before the end of the season. It's the way it goes. Freddie's got to play. Like, one, two games? I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like it's right to just this is the end of his career as with the Leafs. With the it, Leafs. I it don't may not be. Them. They may not have a choice. Mm-hmm. This injury seems bad. Do you think Freddie Anderson would be out this long if it wasn't really bad? He's played through every year he, he's been here. By the time he's in the playoffs after, you know, playing 60 games, he's injured. And if there, was, if there was a criticism of the deal, um, it's that they didn't do it sooner. Um, mm-hmm. And Calgary wasn't out of it sooner, so, like, it couldn't have been Riddick. But um, I just wonder what... Freddie and to another degree, Jack Campbell did to their bodies um, to keep this team afloat. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Just to keep it going. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, obviously uh, the Leafs also got Stefan Nose and Steve, we, you, know, you and I were talking about it yesterday while I was driving in the car. What do people need to know? Yeah, well, they need to know that I think it's Nason. Um, so there's that uh, a former first round pick of the Ottawa Senators. I, I remember he was really highly touted at one point. Hasn't really worked out from 
depth right winger. He makes more than Jimmy VC. That that confused me about the deal. Um, 925. I wonder if he's there to get the Leafs as close to the cap as possible for the LTIR relief that I barely even understand. Um, relatively big, and he's played over 200 NHL games. Um, he's firmly in the category of guy. You know, you can use him. He's and serviceable. Serviceable yeah. NHL player. He's depth. And it seems like Barabanov was traded because Kyle Dubas promised if he wasn't getting regular ice time, he'd trade him. Yeah. Yep. But they also like didn't need him. And like I like Barabanov. I do. Um, mm-hmm. And it just seemed like he was really unlucky. He's He's got some untapped potential there. He's going to score his first NHL goal with the Sharks, and I think he's going to do it relatively fast. Uh, you know, I think anyone in that Sharks room is they're going to ask him a few questions about himself. They're going to realize he doesn't have a goal, and they're going to say, we're going to get you a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to pass him the puck. They're going to do the things to make him feel good. Um, but the Leafs, a lot more than left wing depth, needed center depth. Um, the Leafs, it, it was more top end talent that was the problem on the left wing. Um, but they, tons of depth. Uh, Patan, you could argue, in his time with the Leafs was better uh, than Barabanov. Um, they needed an, another center, and that's what Swomela is. He's only got four career NHL goals. One of them last year was against the Leafs, against Jack Campbell from behind the blue line. Ah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> or, no, behind the blue line, sorry. Goal behind line. The, the goal line. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous um, goal. Well, and Riley Nash helps the, C- the, the center depth if he's able to come back for the playoffs. The, uh, but I don't think they're going to pull him off LTIR until, until then because I don't know if they can. Um, or if again, he's even able I to. Who, yeah, who even understands how that works? Yeah, yeah. Beyond the player injury, how do you know? Uh, but the the thing that I've seen a lot is is Felino uh, penciled in as the centerman for the third line. I've seen that a few times, and I was like, I don't think so. He's a left winger. Uh, they can so try what is, it. What does that third line look like to you, though? Well, I think Felino slots into the top six on the wing to start. You do? Okay. Interesting. Uh, definitely. Sorry? For who? Hyman or Gelch? For who? It would either be... Well, Hyman is on the right right now without Nylander. Mm-hmm. So th- this is complicating things, right? With Nylander out of the lineup, um, they need Felino there on the wing. So they probably have Galchenyuk with Matthews and Marner again. That was great. That was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then great. I would think Felino up there with Tavares and Hyman. That's That's not a fun... Second line. But by the right? time uh, Felino is out of quarantine, Nylander's back. So, oh, right. You're right. Because right. he's so, got a, seven days from, I guess it'd be tomorrow. And mm-hmm. Nylander was seven days on contact tracing, like by what, like last Thursday? Yeah. So then you got options. So yeah. you got, you can do Hyman Matthews Marner and then Felino Tavares Nylander. And then Galchenyuk gets pushed down. But Galch has been playing so line. well. Or you keep Galchenyuk up there. Mm-hmm. Right, you keep him up there with either Matthews or Marner or Tavares and Nylander. I, the way he's played, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Uh, to be totally honest, and then Hyman's on your third line, and you continue to be exhausting. You know what if what if the answer is both Hyman and Felino are on are on your third line, and all of a sudden you got three absolutely kick you in the ass lines. It's, I think what we're coming up with is they're loaded <laughs> they're yeah, this really is probably good a conversation team. for a different day but is thornton is kind of a disappointment at this point right 
he is, I almost wonder if he's one of the guys who actually gets bumped up back into the top six because he had success there. <laughs> he did. Uh, yeah, at the beginning of the season, he was on fire, and then he got yeah. injured, and they put him on the fourth line. <laughs> yeah, and people are talking about, like, dude, if Robertson goes on a run for the next two or three games. They got to bring him up. You take him uh, out of the lineup, yeah. He's going to be in know. there tonight, right? Uh, yes, he's slotting into the lineup. Uh, the writing was kind of on the wall for Barabanov this morning when I saw him on the taxi squad. I went, ooh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're leaving out the possibility of, you know, Robertson's on the fourth line right now. What if he's an absolute unit with one of those uh, top six guys? They, they have versatility. Um, they're one of the – this is one of the very few times I have not minded the Leafs looking completely different um, construction-wise each and every night. Interesting. Um, Pierre Engvall, does he center the vaunted Hyman Felino Engvall line? I, for, I always forget about Engvall. I highly yeah, doubt it's it. It's okay. You can forget about him and you're looking at him on the ice. <laughs> oh, Adam. Come on. He is the. Uh, he He's is the. decent this season. You know, his contract stinks. He stinks. The, his contract stinks does, because of the what pandemic. Does, what, right. what, do you, what do you do here? Uh, you uh, drop the gloves and you fight. Um, and the reason Engvall? I'm saying that. Yes. And the reason I'm saying that is I'm sick of the, he's, he's done the tough guy act in a few games and I'm like, okay, no one's going to believe you until you do it. No one's going to believe you. He's not going to do it. it. I hope he does it, but he's, I'm not going to do it, girl. (laughs) I'm just thinking about it. I did it. I I, I can't wait until he says I did it. That's for Tic Tac Tomar, by the way. If you, uh, that's for you, buddy. I'm, I'm counting on you to make that video when he actually drops the gloves. We'll see. He likes memes and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. It's That's right. What he do- and making gifts. That's what he does. Um, no, he's he's uh, God. He's so talented. He's talented. His decision making is bonkers. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't think I don't think he's on the third line there, guys. Um, and at what point do you say to Ilya Mikheyev, okay, you don't have to babysit this guy anymore? Um. He's, I mean, maybe he thing. comes out of the lineup then. Well, right. th- maybe, maybe it's Swamella. Maybe Swamella takes a spot. I don't know. I, I actually think it'd be kind of fun to see if you could somehow figure it out. Felino, um, Mikheyev, Hyman. Like that no, would just be no. fun play, play, play Hyman against. higher in the lineup. It's just, Hyman. well, so we're, yeah, he's amazing. I think they yeah. just want him to drive the third line, but or even if it's Simmons, that's but not a see, fun line. Do you yeah. see Nobody wants no bad answers? What's that? Like, do you see how there's no bad answers? Right. There are just answers that might be better than others. And Adam, to answer your uh, Riley Nash question from Jonah Siegel, uh, he said the 31-year-old center suffered a sprained ankle last weekend in a sideline for four to six weeks. Uh, The Leafs added Nash to strengthen their bottom six for the playoffs. So four to six weeks will be the playoffs. He'd be ready for the first round. For LTIR. Yeah. Yeah. They got him for LTIR. And for a little bit of shenanigans. Yeah, and also, yeah, you're right. Columbus doesn't have to pay whatever's left, right? Mm-hmm. They're happy about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. Now we got to move on uh, because we got a bunch of t- to do, but let's get into Detroit uh, and the Washington Capitals pulling off a kind of shocking trade. So the Wings uh, give up Anthony Mantha, but they get Jacob Brana. Now Anthony Mantha is signed. He just signed an extension, so that was sort of a surprise and expected. You know, and we all kind of expected him to be kind of a part of the future in in Detroit. But what they were talking about on Sportsnet and on TSN today was basically maybe Detroit views their successful years as not years that he would be signed during. 
right? Maybe they're looking at him going, he's going to be 30 by the time we're really, really good. Maybe that's how long view they're, they're taking this. And Vran is a really, really good hockey player. He'll need a contract at the end of this year. And this works for Washington uh, because Mantha signed again for three more years, I believe after this one. And they know exactly what they have to pay him for the production he brings with Alexander Ovechkin being a UFA at the end of this year, which I think people forget. Well, and an underrated part of this deal, like he's he's the third best player involved, but like Ponick's got 11 goals and 10 assists for 21 points in 42 games. That's that's nothing. It's unremarkable, right? But it's okay. Something. Also, I lied to you, and those are Mantha's numbers. So um, <laughs> I think uh, Detroit did extremely well yeah, uh, in this deal. Well, in the first the first rounder this year and the second rounder next year, not bad. And, no, not you know, bad. And, and Richard Ponick, you know, joining the wings and being a veteran presence, you know, there's a guy who's just a guy who can play whatever and, and he can play. Well, and they understand the value of having living, breathing human beings uh, as a part of their organization. Are the, are, are the Sabres paying attention? Like, are, are they looking? Are they, are they watching? Like, <laughs> this is, you know, you see how they were able to trade Mantha because he's under contract? Wow the value of actually having guys signed to play for your hockey team. It was yeah. shocking to see a guy under contract for so long go on deadline day. Cause that's, that's a rare occurrence. You don't see a guy usually signed through four years and 5.7 just traded on deadline. Day. It's usually UFAs. A recent extension. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was being sort of facetious by saying, you know, he's, he is having a down year. I mean, the, the Red Wings are not good. Mantha, I think, is a really good player. And we talked about good players playing better on good teams. Oh, boy. I think he's going to be a real good part of the Caps. Interesting. I, yeah, I'm curious, about, I'm curious about that deal. And I'm, you, you got to feel for Vrana a little bit here, too. I, don't, I would <laughs> like, love to know what happened there. Does this not suck just a little bit? Right. <laughs> oh, definitely. Really, definitely. Yeah. The way it was phrased and what I've read is that they literally made this deal because they don't know what Ovechkin's going to want this offseason. They mm-hmm. obviously need to re-sign him. And um, they're getting similar production from a guy who signed. And isn't that an interesting contract to talk about? We're looking for cost certainty on a, on a top-tier NHL team hmm. because we're just not sure with COVID and with the revenue losses what this all is going to look like. And I think that's fascinating. Like, they literally – in a normal year, I don't think Brana's traded, but they got Mantha at a deal that they can stomach because they want to be able to make sure that they can get him. And if, if Ovechkin's unsigned – you could argue that Brand has got a little bit more um, negotiation power in Washington because he can kind of he can kind of push them and say like, well, you got you know you got to sign one of us, right? You got to get us going. And obviously, well, Ovi's going to go come first, but I think it sort of it puts it puts a little less pressure on Caps management this offseason. What's the term that you just said? Cost certainty. Mm-hmm. When you have certainty, you can actually make plans, and you're not just friggin' guessing. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so it's easier to be like, Hey, we got this guy. Here's what the plan is. And it takes a little bit of pressure off of a guy like Kuznetsov, uh, who's, you know, on and off struggled. It takes pressure off a guy like Nicholas Backstrom, who's not getting any younger. Um, boy, it's just real good. I can't remember if it was, um, uh, Anthony Stewart or Colby Armstrong, but they were talking about the idea of like Tom Wilson playing on a line with Anthony Mantha. (laughs) 
no fun how much of this how much of this deal do you think too was reactionary to the teams in their division because like uh earlier in the day boston goes out gets taylor hall pittsburgh goes they get jeff carter the islanders have looked great they got coburn and then at the end washington kind of comes in gets mantha and like all four of those teams look like killers right now washington's leading them but and they're like two points off the league league. But I think, uh, do you think at all it was kind of reactionary, just the teams around them? Like, hey, this is going to be a fight between these four teams. For sure. And I, I mean, Ovechkin's not getting any younger. Um, you only got so many swings at this. You won in 2018. You know you're good. You don't know how much longer you're going to be this good. Uh, go for it. This should absolutely be a go for it year for the Washington Capitals. They've been top five for uh, quite a big chunk uh, of the season. They've been top of their division. Uh, for a big chunk of the season, you wouldn't know it based on Caps Twitter. I follow a lot of Caps fans, and they Man. every game they're like, "Oh, this team's driving me nuts!" And I right. go and look at the standings. I'm like, what, "Do you cheer for two teams? Is like, that what, what it's like to win the Stanley Cup? Like, uh, that's what I would like to know. It's got to be. It it's got to be. be. Uh, now, I, I do okay. want to throw this at you guys. It's completely out of the blue, but I was just looking at Twitter and at TML Fan in Van. After Muzzin got injured versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Leafs pairings were, are you ready? Uh, hit me. Hall and Marinchin, Riley and CeCe, Dermot and Barry. Wow. When was this? This was, that was the bubble. What? So after Muzzin got hurt in the playoffs last year. Right. This is their playoff team? Oh, wow. Oh Paul Marinchin, Riley, CC, Dermot, Barry. What a job management has done to upgrade the defense in the offseason and during <laughs> the bash. season, I guess. Yep. Like, what a difference a guy like uh, Troy, or, sorry, TJ Brody makes. Crazy. God, I love him. And God, you know I what? Bogosian, too. I thought, yep. you know, it seemed at the beginning of the season, everyone was like, oh, everybody's going to dump on Bogosian. And no. his first two games were dog shit. They were pretty bad. <laughs> But he has come in and he's played reliable. You don't notice him. That's what you want. Let's not forget Stallworth. Just Justin Hall was still in our lineup. So <laughs> I like I like Justin Hall. Yeah, bit, bit of a struggle last game against the Sens, but he's been pretty good. There was a great clip of Bogosian just mauling someone in front of the Leafs net. No call, and uh, that's what you can expect in the playoffs. You're it's legal mauling. You're allowed to maul people. So stupid. Yep. So I don't care. I don't care. Like, okay, we know the game. We know the rules. Mm-hmm. How many times do we need to watch the Leafs get swirled uh, by a team, get their head dunked in a toilet um, before we go, okay, we got to play that way too. <laughs> As, someone tweeted me when, when I was like, hit him. I said something along the lines of hit him. Do, do the illegal stuff that your opponent's doing because it's not getting called. And someone tweeted me something like, well, if that's how you win, then I don't want to. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to do it that way. All right. Well, you know, we can keep doing it the way we've been doing it, which is zero cuts in 67. Exactly. So let's keep doing that. Allow, yeah. allow the grown-ass man in a room full of toys to tell you, grow up. <laughs> My God. Like, dude, it is what it is. Uh, listen, right. I agree with you that it's dumb and it's not the way it should be, but here's reality. Embrace it or don't. Yep. Yep. The Leafs yep. are just, they're simply embracing reality. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, the Senators had a good day. 
They got Victor Mete, who has had a rough couple of years in Montreal after like screaming out of the gates. Everybody's like, oh, he's the next Larry Robinson. He's going to be amazing. Yeah, without and, scoring, though. <laughs> and now he's waived. He's got three assists this year. Yeah, couldn't score any goals. Um, so, so, you know, Ottawa picks up a good young defenseman that they think that they can do something with who definitely needed a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like Claude Julian, and, and I know he's not the coach of the Montreal Canadiens anymore, but Claude Julian coming in, um, you know, coincides directly with Victor Mete and Max Domi falling out of favor. And I'm not saying that he being the coach wasn't the right choice. In fact, I think Claude, I mean, nothing's really changed since they made the coaching change that Canadians are what they are. But Victor Mete needed a change. And boy, is it pretty great value for Ottawa to pick him up for absolutely nothing. And then trade Goodbranson to the Predators, who the still Bunsky. think for some reason that they're in this. And I'm not they're sure. They're in the playoffs. They are. They're not in this. Come How on. How dare you? They just Why made is this your brand? They, yo, they <laughs> Adam, just made themselves team, objectively worse. A team too, that is please. in the playoffs and is going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're no. not in it. Why have you turned is... heel on the on Nashville <laughs> as a because, city? Because they are not a good hockey team, guys. They're not. No, they're just make, gonna make the playoffs. Listen, Chicago's gonna is Chicago or Dallas gonna catch them? Why and I think it's gonna so? be Dallas. I think Dallas is gonna catch them. Why they got mean? three games in hand. They're seven points behind. They can catch them. And I hope Nashville plays Good Branson a lot. Like I hope they play him as much as he was getting played in Ottawa. I hope they're super impressed with him. And I hope they play him on the top pair. It's going to be great. Please. Ryan Ellis will make sure he doesn't. Yeah, because Ryan Ellis is a god. Um, and it's the not that I don't second, like the Preds. The Sens are second in um, a waiver eye, right? It was only Buffalo, then the Sens. For yeah. The Something like that. So yeah, how does okay. Buffalo not claim both Sammy Vatten and, and Victor Mete? Because they're a rudderless dumpster fire that floats on a sea of piss. Like, the, <laughs> dude, they're... I, <laughs> And I say that without trying to be insulting, and yet, you did wow. Because here's the thing: um, they suck. Buffalo, <laughs> they could have picked. Like, it's not like Victor Mete makes a lot of money. Like, I could even okay, I could see okay, maybe Sammy Vatnin. You're like, well, uh, I get, I can understand how maybe you wouldn't want to pick him up. I can get that. I can get behind that a little bit because he, you know, makes over a million dollars. But honestly, Victor Mete is like, it's nothing. It's yeah, it's a, it's an absolute no risk. I mean, that's why he got claimed so early. Only one team passed on him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so I, boy, boy, it all. I was texting with Dwayne right before this. I'm like, I'm carving your boys. I'm just letting you know that. Um, and like, what do you what do you say? What do you? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you say about that team. Anyway, getting off of them. Um, uh, something that the Sens did, I thought they did well to get a third rounder from Mike Riley. Um, but mm. I think the Bruins did well to get Mike Riley. Um, it seemed a, like good good for both sides, right? That's a good defenseman, and the Bruins need it. Like, have you seen yeah. their their lineup over the past few games? They've had a lot of injuries, and I'm looking at their defense. Like, three of those guys are made up. Like, well, they're in they're in Pittsburgh Penguins Mark Donk territory back there i have to ask the question and i don't think it was asked enough because obviously boston's been great for a long time did they really need to not sign zidane ochara like um, you got to think big z would have signed there for 700 grand if they'd asked him to listen we want to keep you here zidane right why did they not at some point you got to move on at some point why it, why it, now 43 it's a good team is it a and good defenseman 
Uh, is it Chara not? Is forty four so. and did sign for seven ninety five in Washington. So you're telling me and all of the defensemen playing for Boston right now are better than Zidane Chara. Well, at some point, I know they're younger than Zidane Chara, and at some point, you got to make the decision to move forward with your organization and give the kids a chance. And and I think that's what they're doing. I trust the Boston Bruins' judgment here, and everyone should because. When They're was great. the last time they sucked? A big part of that was Zidane Chara, of course. Like, I don't think there's any ill will there. Um, he's going out there and he's doing his little, you know, Brett Favre thing and good for him. Like, he, <laughs> he, he thinks he's still got it. He's had his moments. Um, and, geez, the Caps might win. Mm. I don't think he's going to be a huge part of that on the ice. Could be a good leader, good influence. Could he have been that for Boston? Absolutely. Mm. Um, I think he's... He's there in spirit. He's there with the Boston Bruins in spirit. Um, what can still in that team that he hasn't already? You know what I mean? I still think if you're looking for depth value, Zidane Char would have been it, especially right. in an emotional level. He's the guy who hasn't missed a game this season. Like at the at the bare minimum, if he's your sixth defenseman, at least you know game in, game out, you can just throw out this eight-foot-tall monster on the ice, play him 15, 13 minutes if you want, but at least you know you have him. Well, and well, Boston well, just kind of skipped out on that for I don't know why. Or dress him as, a, as your right right winger. <laughs> in a, a, right and just Yo, Char the, only, on the, wing. the only time he plays is when it's uh, a power play and you sit his ass in front of the net that'd be I, interesting I, four to six minutes a night that's enough because he's that, a Chara. that's got to be the next evolution in hockey right like uh, defensemen later in their career uh okay you're on the wing now Why you not? can't tell me there aren't a bunch who would absolutely crush it well, they, they do it in baseball, right? Guys become relievers. Starters become relievers all the time. Hey, um, tell you what, have the burger. You're our DH now. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a shortstop. You don't have the legs anymore. Now you're the first baseman. Okay. Right. Right. There or you if go. you're Vladdy and you're 22 and they're like, all right, now you're our first baseman. You can't play defense. <laughs> we got uh, a third baseman we like better. So you're now our first baseman. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, I want to play third. That's great. No, anyway, nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Laddie, you're going to that side of the infield. That, so one of the more confusing trades of the day is Hayden Fleury going to the Ducks. Um, we got more on the Ducks to say in a moment, but it's a very interesting move because Hayden Fleury is a young, you know, he's a 24-year-old defenseman. He's pretty good. And as much as... Um, I mean, like it's just, it seems a bit odd to give up on a defenseman this early, even though he was drafted in 2014 already. Can you believe that? He him getting drafted by the Hurricanes is one of my happiest memories. Why is that? I've said the story a few times, but I was in Philly. Um, the Canucks had already selected Vertanen, and I'm like, oh, great. The Leafs are going to get one of Ehlers or Nylander. And then the Hurricanes go, we select Hayden Flurry, And I'm like, <laughs> they, could, they could get either of them? And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to draft Nick Ritchie, you mother... And then they ended up getting William Nylander. Amazing. Great Amazing. choice. <laughs> so with a guy like Hayden Fleury, what was going to happen is they were going to lose him in the expansion draft. Ah, I'm looking at the Hurricanes. It wasn't a cap thing. They have two no. point, almost 2.5 still. No, I was I was okay. reading... I was reading... Uh, I, I checked out uh, Sarah Sivian's article on it. And they basically... Waddell, Don Waddell pulled the the the, the full... We're not doing anything. And then, of course, boom, here comes the trade after the trade deadline out, you know, 
it sort of kind of came out after the 3 p.m. deadline, Eastern Standard. And really, I mean, the, the one thing I would say, the Carolina Hurricanes are poised to be, I would think, at least a second-round team, right? Oh, that's yeah. A, They're that's good. a good team. They're good. Do you not just risk it? And like you – And keep you, your depth. Yeah, the guy you buy is your own guy. Yeah. I get that. You know why I think it's funny that you said Carolina is a second-round team? Because they're going to play Nashville in the first round if everything lines up right now. Well, they're guaranteed and, to be a second-round team. Then. And it'd be ah! hilarious <laughs> if Nashville knocks them off. <laughs> Yo, Peck, Adam. And Erica Branson scores the Game 7 overtime winner. You're betting okay, against Pecorino. Nice Come on. You're betting against the least predictable goalie in the world. Like oh, him Pecorine? and Mike Smith. Yeah. 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 I'm They're ageless George... until they look super old and then they look ageless again. Yeah. I'm either uh George Vesna himself or a plastic <laughs> bag. There's there's no in between for both of them. There really is no in between for both those goalies. Listen, it's not that I don't like the Predators. I'm a huge fan of the, the we had a blast. I love Nashville. Oh, yeah. Gotta but I don't think this down. is a it's not a well constructed team. It's not very good. So I, I don't you know, I can understand I, I don't understand why they didn't sell. They could they could be further ahead next year than they are this year. If I were them, I'd be like, we're we're barely squeaking in. Who cares? Let's sell. I think oh, that, that first round mashup is going to be fun. You know, we'll see what Carolina gonna, does. Yo, Carolina's going to kick their ass. Are you kidding me? We don't know that. Carolina has a smothering defense, and Nashville can't score goals. Uh, it's over. I think you're criticizing the wrong team for not pulling the shoot. Well, Ooh. well, uh, which which team were you thinking? Arizona. Okay, interesting. What what are your thoughts on Arizona? Well, okay, they're a point behind the Blues. Um, with uh, the Blues have a game in hand, so if the Blues win that game in hand, then the Coyotes are three points back. If the Blues lose, then it's just pure one point back. The Arizona Coyotes absolutely have a chance at the playoffs, but there's LA who's not far behind. There's the Sharks who had a kind of a nifty deadline. I actually really like what they did. They didn't really buy, they didn't really sell, but they still acquired some assets. It's good. Um, there's a, there's still, a, I, I'm going to go with more than 50% chance uh, that the Coyotes miss the playoffs. And let's go through uh, what the team has. They don't have a first. Mm-hmm. They got a, hmm. They got two seconds. They don't have a third. They got two four, fourths. Uh, they got a fifth. They got a sixth. They don't have a seventh. And then you go forward. Um, oh, they got all their picks for 2022. I thought they got fined a lot more than that. But they have some guys who they're probably going to lose. Derek Broussard was a guy who kept coming up on the graphic today. They're on Sportsnet. Connor Garland. Uh, you better re-sign him. If you re-sign him, then it's no problem. Uh, Goligoski, Jason Demers, Jordan Osterley. Uh, Ilya Labushkin, all those defensemen are UFAs. Um, I I suppose you're going for it then, right? Because <laughs> like if they wanted to sell, they'd have to sell from their defense, and they clearly think, hey, we got a shot at this, so let's keep our defense intact. I'm I'm it's willing very, to bet it's they very listened. Odd. Yeah, I'm willing to bet they listened, and they probably looked. I mean, who really made out like bandits in terms of sellers, right? I, I don't think it was Detroit, Columbus, Columbus and Detroit. Yeah. Columbus and that's it. Detroit. Like for the most part, Ottawa ish ish, yeah. right? Yeah. They, ish. Didn't really like, sell, though. they did well. There's a difference between doing well and making off like a bandit. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the Coyotes decided, rightly, um, we'd rather just go for it. Mm. You know, potentially get a little bit of pl- playoff revenue, you know, goodwill for the fans. Maybe guys will want to stick around if we're actually good. <laughs> you know, well, uh, and they're they're a point out of the playoffs, but they've got they're a game behind the St. Louis Blues. And if I'm giving it to any team when it comes to Coyotes or St. Louis for that final playoff spot, because Minnesota, Vegas, and Colorado are way ahead, uh, you're giving it to the Blues, like without question. It's a better team. I mean, that's my thought. That's probably the tightest race right there, uh, where the most teams are still in it. Anaheim's really the only team out of it um, mm-hmm. when it when it comes to the West. I mean, LA is kind of out of it. They're kind <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have to have 48 points now to catch St. Louis. Like, if you look at Calgary, they've got, what do they have? A 1.4% chance to make the playoffs, and they're only six points behind the Montreal Canadiens. Seven points. Well, good luck figuring out what the hell the Blues are. They've won their last three, but over their last 10 games, they're three, six, and one. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's a very unpredictable I, division. I there. recall a St. Louis Blues team that went from last place to Stanley Cup winner, though, a few <laughs> years ago. So I feel like maybe they got it. I don't know. Uh, Jordan Bennington will have to uh, keep his head on his shoulders for that to happen. So we'll yeah, see. no, he's got to throw more fake blockers and win <laughs> game seven, six after getting pulled after the fourth or whatever kind of mental gymnastics galaxy brain bullshit that was yeah i don't i don't get it he's like um, slowly losing his job to Viliusu, isn't he yeah uh, it's it's not been great account for hockey who i love following at account for like the the number in hockey uh made a really good point and he said that bob murray in his estimation made the worst did the worst job of all the gyms at the dead, deadline i mean he did get hayden flurry but he did let the value of raquel and manson depreciate didn't sell anything what are your thoughts? Like we One thought there time? was a deal. Was Ricard Raquel? He was not dealt, was he? No, him, there was a deal no, that was close, right? Yeah, him nor Manson were moved, and supposedly the price for both was a first round pick. Um, which, uh, <laughs> what was the list of guys who moved for a first last year? It was another weird list of names. There was Brady Shea, Barkley Goudreau, uh, Blake Coleman, Blake Coleman. Uh, some names that you wouldn't necessarily expect. I think that was Anaheim maybe getting a little fresh, <laughs> a little cheeky. And now they get to keep those players, though. And I, I think that's why the price was so high. There's no need to move them. Right? Because they're going to be good? Well, like John no, Gibson's good. They're, uh, John Gibson's a good player, but Anaheim's got to rebuild, don't they? Yeah, but you can rebuild with those players. Like, neither of them are old. Um, the, the guy who I think they should have maybe even sweetened the pot uh, to get rid of was Ryan Getzlaff. I was shocked that there were Getzlaff rumors. Um, but that $8.25 million cap, it, they couldn't make it work for Taylor Hall. They're not making it work for you. <laughs> All right. And, like, there's no one, there's no pending UFA that they're really going to that they're going to lose out on for like no assets, right? Everybody who they didn't trade is going to be back next year. If they stick around with the team. I just, so I there's no, like there's they more had, opportunity to make deals for them. Wouldn't they have more value though with the, with the years on their deal. And like, here's the deal. Ricard Raquel is, is 27. Josh Manson's 29. So I, 
is I he? Think that, yeah, I think they're oh well God, out of. Die. I think they're well out of the range where they think Anaheim's going to be good again with those guys around the center of it. You know, uh, on the broadcast today, they're like, "Oh yeah, Dmitry Kulikov. He's played over 700 NHL games," <laughs> and I almost had a heart attack. Isn't that nuts? I'm like, I I covered him with the Drummondville Voltager. <laughs> like when he was in junior with head coach Guy Boucher, um, that team was real good. But yeah, I think, I think they looked at the guys like, like Hutton where it's like, okay, we'll take the, what was it? A fourth for him. Um, and the rest fifth, of the guys, fifth, whatever it was. And the rest of the guys, there's like, okay, we need bodies. We'll keep them around. We'll get, sell them off next year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know. I was, <sighs> I was basically trying to take heat off the Preds by pointing at the Coyotes, but I think a lot of teams made a decent decision by just not burning their team to the ground. Look at the Sabres. Again, I keep saying, look at the Sabres. It's good to have literally people. (laughs) They're the only team in the league who doesn't. They don't okay. have people. I feel like we've we've covered this. Uh, I know. <laughs> but it... Eric Sorry. Gustafson like... goes to the Canadians, and adding that with Eric Stahl, pretty pretty good little deadline for uh, Mark Bergman. Yeah, he did a good job cornering the market on Eric's. Um, <laughs> but like they didn't. Boy, like everything I was listening to, um, sure made it seem like the Habs wanted to load up. Like, really load up. And that's not loading up. They did well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gustafson's good. He's a fine depth guy. Stahl's good. Fine depth guy. Scored an OT winner in his first game. Um, did you see the picture of John Merrill, who the Habs got a little bit before the deadline, uh, tweeted out by Eric Engels? No. You go to Eric Engels' Twitter account right now. Jesse, I'm going to send it to you so that you can throw it up uh, on here, I think it's on his hockey DB so that you can throw it up on the video. What an absolute legend. He looks like he's sponsored by uh, old fashioned Pilsner, the beer. Like he looks straight up like he's from the movie Fubar. Oh, here it is. Just what an absolute frigging oh, yeah. legend. Wow. Dude, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, you see it? I'm wow. so upset. Like immediately, I'm like, I want that guy on my team. Uh, yeah. His fancies are great. Um, but forget the fancy. Like, I don't even care if this guy knows how to skate, if he's got a drip like that. I'm going to show <laughs> there. I sent it to you. You can add it. I got it. I got it. If, if you want just the ridiculous duster, the ridiculous. I don't even know if you call that a mullet. Um, <laughs> what a hero. The chest air. That guy belongs in Woodstock. <laughs> how, did, how, how, how well does he play? I've never, he's, he's good. Okay. He's good. Um, The Montreal Canadiens, they didn't load up really, but um, they got better for cheap, which is important. You know, it's, it's important. You don't necessarily have to blow the doors off and the way they've played this season. I know they're spending a lot of money. Um, Like Dubas was talking about the Leafs and this team deserves their GM to be all in. Mm -hmm. Do the Habs... I think you just kind of go anyway. They've got a fully stock covered. This isn't going to be much of a draft. What the heck? Why not? I mean, really, you know what the Habs, all it takes is for Carey Price to get a little hot and you're into the third round. And Jake Allen can do it too. But like, sure. they're, I think they're going to explore their magic beans. Because um, last year, I didn't think they looked good either. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Nick Suzuki's like, I'm here. And Boy, this year, their candidate for I'm here is uh, Cole Caulfield. Yeah, who uh, may wasted no time 
lighting up the Marlies in his professional hockey debut. Hobie Baker winner. Look out, folks. Look yep. Out. Um, Flames have finally traded Sam Bennett. Uh, for more than Taylor Hall? Yeah, for yeah, a second round pick. And it's Hinema uh, or Heinema. I don't even know. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But anyway, they so I know I if, said it earlier, but they I finally get this done. But it just seems like a little bit of a you know, it's a good move for Florida, I guess. It's so odd for a guy who didn't want to be somewhere and told everyone publicly and in the organization to stick around for so long and yeah. then to finally get traded. That it was, was very odd. It's part of why I praised Calgary in the video I did for Sportsnet. It's not just getting two second round picks, basically. Um, it's ripping the Band-Aid off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said this with Line A. Guys, you're trading him. Mm-hmm. So trade him. Why, why are you putting your fans through this? Why are you putting the locker room through this, your team through it? Do it. It's going to happen. Do it. And so the Flames finally made a decision and actually did it. And lo and, and behold, they got a good return. Good for you. Got, well, they got a better return than you said than Taylor Hall. And I think you're absolutely right. Yep. Without question, they did. And even even Calgary had a good deadline because the Riddich pick, they signed him out of the Czech Republic. So that's yeah. a free guy that they got a third round pick for. Literally, we just spent money. He played a couple of years for us. And now we get a third round pick. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, take I was that. thinking about this. Is Riddick the first Czech player the Leafs have had since like Thomas Caberlet? You would be the guy I'd ask. I, it feels <laughs> yeah. like it's been a very I'd long time. I can't text. think of another one. I can't think of another. <laughs> no, oh, I, Placanitz. I have Placanitz. to say, I yeah. don't even think I would have thought about the question. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen I someone who's not my wife or son for like fucking a year. You know so, what I love? You know what I love is that after the show, I'm going to get a billion people going, you know, I wondered that check thing too. And I'm glad Steve asked. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, fine. <laughs> So and so, the Leafs drafted him in the sixth round out of Kladno. And okay. <laughs> we don't ask the important questions on this show. We have asked the questions that are so niche that no one else could possibly care. That's the way it gets. Steve cares, though. Steve but why cares. did it take Steve me a cares. decade and a half to get here? <laughs> the answer kids is asking to... stupid fucking questions. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, I think Calgary had a decent deadline for yeah, what position I th- there. I think good. Can I like, give you a couple they, of. They, it wasn't the moment to sell off Goudreau and Monaghan, but that no, moment's coming. You know, <laughs> they talked. I was surprised to hear the guys on the broadcast. I don't know if you guys caught it, but uh, they had a conversation on the TSM broadcast about how it's not really working there for those two and how it's going to their day is going to come. They're done. You know, I, I got to get to these because there was, and we're running out a, l- a little bit of a, out of time, but uh, Jordy Ben to the, to the Jets, solid little move for the, for the Winnipeg Jets. And Carl Soderberg back to the Avs, we like. I think, you know, that's obvious reasons why that's great. Yanmark's also a really good deal. Steve, I need two sentences on Yanmark and why you like that deal because I got to get to these two things. I don't really like the deal. You don't? <laughs> to be honest. No. You're saying that you, you think he's going to perform. Uh, on this show, you said that. This episode. Okay. Okay. It's not that I don't like the deal. It's the market for uh, big names up front obviously wasn't there. Right. And Paul Mary went very early and I believe he's a center and to upgrade at center. I, I suppose that was the cost, but his number, his numbers in Chicago were awful. 
So hopefully uh, he can have a bounce back. I mean, for God's sake, you're going to the Vegas Golden Knights. If you can't perform with that team, you can't perform anywhere. Um, so it's it's a show me thing for them. He's an NHL body for sure. Right. And it's weird to see. It was so funny to see them in the They were like, well, they're circling in the weeds about Ryan Getzlaff. And I was thinking, like, are they ever not in on just the biggest name? Like no. the cap doesn't apply to them. I no, the f- it doesn't. How on God's green? Even if they got double, reti- well, like, can you have a four-way deal and pay yeah. a player like ten percent? Sure. Like, <laughs> and you're going to do all that to get Ryan Getzlaff? All that for a drop of Getzlaff? Yeah. Re- really? Really? Yeah. Okay. It's an odd one. I saw a uh, lot of people rating the Jets. They said they had a bad trade deadline because they expected them to go out and get a defenseman, and they didn't do it. Do you? Do you guys well, rate bad. them? Yeah. Well, no, I, I agree. Jesse. Like a, like, like I don't know stud. about bad. Yeah, like I really expected them to do more than that. Jordy uh, Ben. I think that's all they were going to do. Yeah. So you guys think, aren't giving them like the D that I see on, saw on Twitter. And stuff. I, uh, here's, here's the thing. If you're the Jets, you know that this isn't, this isn't my final form. Right? <laughs> you look at the Winnipeg Jets. They've got a lot of futures ahead of them. Like imagine you start next season. You've still got the, you know, the Vesna goalie from last season who probably deserves to win it again, right? One mm-hmm. or at least, well, Vasilevsky deserves to win it. Hellebuck probably goes, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you, you know, he's probably gonna be top three, right? I think. Connor Hellebuck's incredible. And you've got a defense system that's improving. You know, Shifley and Wheeler have had good years. Wheeler's a bit hurt. I don't know if he is he back from the concussion yet? I'm not sure. And and then you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has struggled since coming. Uh, imagine what happens when he gets a training camp under him. I think if you're the Jets, you go, we're going to take this as far as we can take it with this group. And then next year you go, if, if this continues this sorts of success, and I actually think it will, nobody gave them a shot at the beginning of the season. Um, I think that this team is actually quite good and I think they're going to get a lot better. And I think you're going to see some moves this summer and then next year's trade deadline. And I think next year's another year to really go for it again. I saw uh, some Jets fans talking about like, oh my God, we couldn't have gone out and gotten Hayden Fleury. Um, th- there's a name, but I mean, yeah. a guy who's within Canada, to me, the one who got away for the Jets is Mike Riley. Um, all it cost was a, was a third and he went mm-hmm. to Boston. Um, why, why You couldn't offer a third? Like, and you know you your wonder third if- is going to be more valuable than Boston's. Yeah, but you know Pierre Dorian's thing about trading within his division too. I don't think it would have cost them a third to go get Mike Riley. No, but this is the beautiful thing uh, about trading within the Canadian division this year. Um, like, especially for like, you know, Ottawa looking at the flames or Ottawa looking at the jets. Uh, they're not going to be in your division next year. So who cares? I still think Pierre Dorian would think that way. He this says it way almost think. every time. He says it almost every time. Not, well, not a fan of trading within the division. It, well, it's a silly goose way to think, and you're welcome for agreed. Nikita Zaitsev and Connor Brown then there, Pierre. Agreed. Agreed. I, I know. It's weird. I don't agree. I don't like trading within a division until I want that player. <laughs> right? Uh, and I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if, I, if, if Winnipeg had called what Ottawa said, second or it's nothing. Right? I mean, maybe. Like, I, I keep going with, like, okay, can't I offer you a third and a seventh? You know what I mean? It's more yeah, than a third. just a little bit more. That's a good point. I, I think a lot of Mike Riley. Second yeah. second best M. Riley in the division. There it is. Not anymore. Um, now, I do want to get to a couple of quotes that I think are going to make both of you laugh. Okay. Uh, the first one is from Ken Holland, GM of the Edmonton Oilers. The Edmonton Oilers did almost nothing. They went out and got 500 gamer Dmitry Kulikov. 
700. Uh, 700 gamer. So most of that was in Buffalo, a little bit in New Jersey. Uh, but Kulikov yes. has been okay. He's an okay guy. He's not going to push Edmonton over the edge. Obviously, we know it. That's going to be Dry Saddle and McDavid. That's who's pushing them over the edge. But Ken Holland said this, and I thought this was funny. I don't think that you can be all in every year. I think you pick and choose. And I think maybe there's a suggestion that we spent a lot of draft capital last year going and getting who we needed to get, and they played like three games, and then that was it. And so maybe this year is not their year, and they're not going to and, – and Edmonton's had a good season, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what a quote like that says to the dressing room. Like, are you – if you're Connor McDavid and you're reading that and you're just wrecking worlds out there with Leon Dreisaitl, are you not like, well, thanks, Ken. Appreciate that. We're not all in. Like you, does did anyone have like a sound machine in that room? And just as soon as he was done the sentence, they go wah, wah, wah. like just because you've screwed up at last deadline. Like so, what what I'm hearing from Ken Holland is he does not trust himself, right? Because he because he goofed last year's deal. Right. He objectively paid too much. Listen, no one told you to go out and give two seconds for Andreas Athanasiu who's not named Steve Eiserman. <laughs> like no, no yeah. one told you to go out and pay more for a fantasy you, uh, and then also not keep him. Who told you to do that? You're like, who told you any of that was a good idea? I'm surprised he didn't hold on to him. Like just to save face for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. They, they the Oilers gave up more for like nine games of a fantasy. You, what, what am I going to say? Say the line Bart. Than uh, the Sabers got for Taylor Hall, right? Right. It's I. I don't. Uh, what what a silly thing to say. I wonder too. I mean, there could be some cap constraints there too. But you you make it work, right? You try to anyway. All right. I look at their roster sure. and like, uh, I don't know if maybe he's right to not believe in it because I I don't. I may regret saying this, but I don't believe they're built really for the playoffs because right now Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out. And that one injury has taken Drysidle down to the second line where he doesn't play with McDavid all the time. And right. if, if one, if you're t- removing one piece from the Jenga and it all falls apart, like how do you expect your team to survive four rounds of playoffs? They've so, had the same issue for four years. Exactly. So either you're going to go out and you're going to fix it completely by getting like four different guys to plug all these different holes, or you just leave it and you admit that, hey, this is an offseason problem and there's nothing really I can do here because our team isn't deep enough. Like, I feel like they they have the reverse problem that the Leafs have with their forward group, where it's just mm-hmm. not deep enough and they can't supplement the McDavid dry sidle. They, yeah. They're going to be able to do it this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have to re-sign Chris Russell, by the way. They didn't have to extend him, but they did. I don't know why, but he's made, like he's going down from $4 million to $1.25 next season. But I still go, why did you re-sign Chris Russell? Why did you do that? You could have had that extra $1.25 million. The other thing, what's coming off the books here, we got Adam Larson at $4.1 million off the books. Tyson Berry, who they may try to re-sign. Seven mil. Yeah, well, he's making three seven five, so he might just eat up Adam Larson's salary. Who knows? Uh, uh, Gaetan Haas and uh, Alex Chason, that's about $3 million off the books right there. Um, so they do have some money coming up. Mike Smith will obviously be off the books, but they'll probably re-sign him again anyway because why the hell not? It's it. It's why it. not? Hey, I don't know. Edmonton's oh, going to have God. some salary some salary room this year, and they're going to go hunting, but I just, I'm with you, Jesse. I don't quite... And oh, sorry, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is also a free agent at the end yeah. of this year. Adam, we, we do have to award a crown 
or it, at least adjust the crown because you always give the Canadian GM who does nothing crown to Kevin Shovel day off. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little out of date and you need to take that crown right off his head and put it on Ken Holland. I, I don't know how you don't surround the, the most world destroying duo in hockey. And I'm saying that as a fan of a team that has Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, I don't know how you don't surround them with everything that you possibly can. Your off-season move to surround them with talent was Tyler Ennis and Kyle Turris. And you've, and you've waved Tyler Ennis twice. This you've year. waved both of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, people made fun of me for saying that Zach Cassian got a ridiculous contract. Guys, Zach Cassian makes $3.2 million. He's the fourth highest paid forward on the, on the team this year, and he has five points in 24 games. Well, because they I gave he was him injured. that contract – they gave him that contract with the assumption that he was basically, okay, you're Zach Hyman for these two. And then they made him not that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay. Now, so now I'm just overpaid guy, I suppose. That's it's, what it is. Uh, it's what a shame. Like, I mean, the other, look at them. Uh, Mike Smith has given them defense or defense goaltending this year. And McDavid just seems to get better. Like you can win a round or two with what they have uh, just because of how special it is. But to go all the way, like you got to move heaven and earth to surround Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl at some point, at some point for the love of God, when's it going to be? I don't know. Well, how don't you look at the Canadian division and take a run at it? Yeah. I'm looking at Zach Cassian's numbers right now, by the way, he's averaging like between 10 and 12 minutes a night. For three point two million, he's he must be battling something. And like, I think the Leafs have played them extremely well, but it's not like they've really been blowouts. Even that no. three game uh, no. uh, series that we go back to, where the Leafs only allowed one goal at two mm-hmm. shutouts, three different wins from three different goalies. Um, almost all their games have been tight. Mm-hmm. Oilers have come away with some wins. I don't like if I'm the Oilers, I go okay how hard would it be for us to beat the jets in a series of seven? Come on. I don't know. I feel I, I, I would have liked them to do more. Yep. Yep. I agree. You got to think but... you got to get creative. You can't just go all oh, the cap. Look now, at some of the me... shitty contracts that have been moved in this league. The cap's not an excuse. Um, well, it is an excuse if you don't want to get creative and Ken Holland, you like, Okay. Can I be straight with you? Ken Holland has had insane success. But what was the last deal you thought, Ken Holland? Wow, that was clever. Right. And Ken Holland has to be clever in this role with the Oilers. Has to be. Because McDavid and Dreisaitl, number one and two in league scoring, take up number one and two on this team in salary. You got to be creative because Zach Cassian's making 3.2 and he's probably always going to underperform that contract. You have to be creative because Miko Koskinen's making 4.1 and uh, isn't it, it's something like 4.1 for this year and next. Holy, well, okay, that was Shirelli. You got, that was Shirelli, was Shirelli? literally you on his way out the door. You, yeah, I'm not blaming him for, for the, all the extensions, although you, you got to be Chris Russell. You still have to be clever. Yeah. And and like so I look at what a guy like Kyle Dubas has done and I go, that's clever. I actually look at what Washington and Detroit pulled off today. It seems to work for both teams. Kind of a clever move. You know, you could say, well, Detroit fleeced them or whatever. I think if Washington wins, they don't give a shit. That's not a San Jose. 
Dan Jose uh, has done over the last 24 hours is clever. Doug Wilson's done some clever shit before, though, like the Mike Hoffman deal and the Eric Carlson deal at the time. They have some clever stuff. There. I don't think that was clever. I think that was cheeky. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. Now, the one last quote I want to bring up to you guys comes from our buddy Jim Benning. And let's be honest, the Canucks are not having a good time. It's been a bad year. They, str- they swung and missed on their own free agents, Tanev and Markstrom. They quote-unquote ran out of time. Then they decided, well, listen, we can get Nate Schmidt for a third, which was a good pickup. Hasn't looked totally, it's looked okay, but it hasn't looked like typical Nate Schmidt. I wonder if there is, you know, next year things will start to iron, iron themselves out a little bit. And then you go, we have to re-sign Tanner Pearson for three more years because we got to. I can't we believe Tyler Toffoli wasn't the first thing you said. Right. Well, they, <laughs> Toffoli, you're right. They swung and missed on him too. That's three free agents. And, and now they're re-signing Tanner Pearson, probably only because, hey, listen, we got to re-sign the guy that we gave up assets for. But they traded Adam Gaudet today, who they, until this year, this guy was a big part of their future. And what was interesting about the quote was, to be honest, we expected him to take another step this year. He's been all right. Uh, not that I've gotten to see a ton of them, but in the Leafs games, I was like, hey, he's a, player. a player. He's fast. Right. Jim Benning kind of shanked him on the way out, though. Like, I, <laughs> that is like, got to stop saying words. He just needs to stop saying words for the love of God, Jim. Um, if that's if I'm Adam Gaudet, that quote is on my wall, and I am kicking ass every single game the rest of this year. And the next time I get to play the Canucks, get fucking ready. And I'm oh, going to yeah. show all my teammates that, and I'm getting a hat trick. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, like, if you're a Canucks player, are you not like, Jim, what the fuck, man? Stop making life harder on us. No. you're. If you're a Canucks player, I don't think you're confused by it. You're like, that's Jim. That's Jim. That's kind of what he says. Sticks his foot in his mouth. I don't know. They're having a terrible time. I don't know what you do with that Canucks team, by the way. Looked like they were going to open their facility back up. It's closed again. Mm-hmm. Very unfun time. And Gaudette was one of their guys who was COVID positive and I think had symptoms uh, as well. I was surprised to see him move, to be honest, not just because of the player he is, but like I was surprised. Like, I guess Chicago is interested in what he can do going forward because I don't even know if he's cleared to play. Mm. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's been too much to keep up with with the Canucks. They've got. Hamannick, Edler, uh, VC, and Sutter coming off the books this year, which is, you know, 10 plus million dollars. But then you've got to re-sign Quinn Hughes. So that's going to be fun. With what? Well, with that money, probably. What did you guys think of the Tanner Pearson deal? Because they were saying that that kind of came out of nowhere when I was listening to Friedman talk about it. He said that it was there was no news, no news. And then all of a sudden he gets a text that, hey, Tanner Pearson signing. So Uh, bless him. Bless him. He he was playing junior B in his draft year. You know, bless him for getting the deal. Um, But uh, those are exactly I tell you what, it's a trademark Jim Benning deal. Tell you what, here's three to six million dollars to be the most average. <laughs> yeah. And it's in, your late, in, in your late 20s. It's not an He's insult to Tanner old. Pearson. Yeah. It's not an insult. He's an NHL player for sure. But that's not it's not a guy you give three million bucks to. And term. Well, and, and beyond that, Steve, imagine what you could do with 3.2 million bucks on this, on this year when nobody has any money to spend. This is the year where free agents, it's like, here's a buyer's market. There are, I mean, obviously top end free agents are always going to get top end money. 
But are you telling me that Tanner Pearson's getting more than that on the open market this summer? No. And he makes like a million more than Toffoli. Like, it's just, it's just, it reminds me. I I tell you what, like, I I recognize like flavors, kind of. And uh, I've done some trade trees on the like Shirelli Edmonton Oilers. It's kind of that flavor a little bit. I think the Canucks are better than that, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a little bit of that flavor. Just kind of, I can't tell what direction they're going in. I don't know what they are and I don't know what they want to be. I don't know what Jim Benning wants this team to be. I don't get it. He's been a general manager now for six years, seven years. Been a long time. Dude, we've uh, dedicated a lot of time on this show to ranting about Jim Benning. Oh, yeah. And with the Canucks, I, I can remember, yeah, like 2014. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I, I, I want to say, I remember us getting ready for like their series against the Flames. Wow. Was yeah. That, like 2015. And just going, it's, I don't understand what this guy's doing. Yep. <laughs> don't understand it. Still don't get it. Uh, again, they're not a terrible team. Uh, you know, I've been saying this for a few years. They're not a terrible team, but are they coming or going? <laughs> I, I don't know the answer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, there's been something you've wanted to address. And, and admittedly, we were a little slow on this, but I think it's important that we discuss it. Uh, and, and you know, want you to have the floor discussing the NWHL, the issue of uh, trans players playing in it, and the biggest issue, which is a person that we had on this show many times, Digit Murphy, coach of the Toronto Six, being against that. What did you want to say? Uh, I don't, I don't want to say in response, but what did you want to say about it? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with trans men are men and trans women are women. So there's that. And by the way, we all believe that and have always believed that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, where, where this comes from, by the way, so Digit Murphy is on some sort of committee and basically they have policies about, uh, you know, what, what they believe uh, in women's sports and, uh, you know, who should be allowed to play in them. And uh, th- there were some things in there that people consider to be transphobic um, and would basically prevent certain players from playing in the league. Uh, there was a concerning Twitter thread from Jessica Platt, um, former uh, Toronto Furies uh, player, um, basically reaching out to the Toronto Six. They never got back to her uh, about playing in the league. And basically, I just want to say, like, it's been difficult to find the words to talk about it because I want to support trans people, but there's also the risk of just being another uh, cis man, basically criticizing a women's hockey league, you know, be we, I'd just be another in an ocean of them. (laughs) And I don't want to be associated with a lot of the people who are doing that. Um, I just want trans people to feel loved and feel heard here. Um, and I think the Toronto six, uh, failed a lot of people here, um, because they're the last, uh, release a statement, 
Um, what did the statement say? Just so you know, you can read the statement from the NWHL if you if you'd like. Sure, sure. Yeah. So this is the statement from the National Women's Hockey League. The NWHL proudly supports and stands with the trans community. There's no place for hate and discrimination in our league as we continue our mission of being an open and safe space for all athletes, staff and fans. Inclusivity is a is a strength and something that makes the NWHL so special. We must engage trans, non-binary and LGBT. LGBTQIA plus members to ensure their voices are being heard. We want to be leaders and we will continue to review our policies to make positive changes. Our impact extends beyond the ice and our platform should only serve to welcome all and unite our community. Yeah, and that was and- weeks after what came out, correct? Uh, I, th- I feel About like it's week. two weeks old, a week yeah. old. I'm not sure. Um, and Marissa and Gemi, uh, fantastic women's hockey reporter, I, I think uh, put some really good words to it. Uh, the NWHL has a unique audience. Um, and I think the Toronto Six underestimated how betrayed people would feel um, by not not just the news or uh, the discovery of, you know, Digit's presence on that committee, but also just the Six's... Um, I guess hesitance or uh, slowness in responding, and I know we're we're being slow to respond here uh, for very different reasons. Um, I'm just disappointed, and I want to I want uh, you know any of the trans listeners to the show to know uh, we're listening to you and we hear you and we love you, mm-hmm. um, which I feel would have been good for the six to say right away. All right. And do you I'm, want the statement that the six released about Digit please. Murphy? So the Toronto six believe that trans women are women and that trans women belong in women's sports. We unequivocally condemn any form of bigotry, intolerance and exclusion of trans people. Digit Murphy has disassociated from the women's sport policy group working group. And she understands why the initiatives on their website are not congruent with our values and mission at the Toronto six. We stand by our president and head, head coach who is a tireless advocate for women's hockey hockey, women's sport, and all women in general. As an organization, we are committed to education. We'll participate in a third-party facilitated training session in the coming weeks in order to increase our sensitivity and awareness of the experiences of trans people in sports. And I'm not trying to sue her Digit. You know, I I haven't spoken to her, um, but that's the problem. Like, oh, Digit has said this, Digit has said, I think people want to hear from her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's time. Yeah. I think so. So that's what I wanted to say. I wasn't sure what to say. I spoke to some people about it. Um, Well, and I think, I think, I think it's important to recognize too, that the reason, you know, for all of us, the reason we didn't come out right away is, is part and parcel is that sometimes you're like, it's not our space. Uh, The whole point of this is sometimes taking a step back and letting other people have kind of the floor. And I understand, hold on. I also understand too, that digit was on our show. We get that. Uh, we didn't know that 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 was a committee that she was associated with. And to be honest with you, I didn't know that committee existed until it came out that she was on it. And it's 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 a complex issue in the sense that you don't want to say anything other other than, you know, what you believe. And we are all on the same page on this one. What Steve said is what we all believe genuinely and have for years have always really believed. Um, and so it, it's you're kind of waiting on the people involved to make a statement before you go talking about it sometimes too, right? Like it took them a while to respond to their own person. We want to be there to offer support, not to tell them what to do or to right. wag our finger. 
mm-hmm. or, or anything like that. I'm not going to tell women how to run women's hockey. You know what I mean? But I just want, you know, the listeners of the show to know that they mean something to us and that they're heard. That's it, it's funny too because they always have those things that are like the views and uh, opinions expressed by the people on the show are not necessarily the views and blah 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 of the it's network like, yeah it's like okay those things happen and then digit becomes associated with those words and we're like no our hearts lie and if you're if you're trans and you want to play in women's sports and you identify with women you should definitely be able to play and we want to support the, the trans community so we don't ever want to be uh, th- those views and opinions don't uh, don't reflect ours, you know, and we just we want to make it clear where we stand and how much we support the trans community and everybody and, and being how, able to play sport. And sorry, Jesse, and how disappointed we all were. Yeah, there shouldn't be any doubt or confusion. Oh, with us, I would hope not. No, no, I um, mean, um, I mean, like I think there were a lot of fans of that team who were yeah doubtful and confused as to where they stood. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'd, I'd like that story to be explained. And I feel like that they need to come out and do that. And like, you know, a lot of people would say, well, why don't you have them on your show to do that? I think that they need to do that on their own platform. Yes. On a platform. I would like to hear from Digit on this. Understand that the team needs to make a statement, uh, but it would be time for her to make a statement on the Toronto six platform, because this yeah. is a Toronto six issue here to offer support, not to steer the boat. Bingo. Bingo. So there it is. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back Thursday. Uh, we're dealing with, you know, a couple of games back to back here for the Leafs and the fallout from the trade deadline, obviously uh, hoping to have a few guests booked so we can kind of break down even further what happened and where do we go from here? Uh, in the meantime, thanks so much for listening. And like I said, we'll be back Thursday afternoon. Steve is Nasher coming on the show on Thursday. Uh, he straight up never responded to my DM. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.